you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. Here's your host, Marcus Grant. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. It's me, your man, MG, Marcus Grant, still masking and socially distancing when and where necessary. And we are almost through the first week of the fantasy playoffs in most leagues. I understand that some folks uh, are playing their way in, and so best of luck to you and best of luck to anybody who is in the playoffs. I'm still needing one last game to happen to get a win. I'm already getting hit up uh, in my mentions about folks saying they need this thing to happen or that thing to happen in order to either survive or advance in their playoff matchups. So uh, we'll talk about what's going to happen potentially with the Ravens and the Browns. We'll also have some waiver wire picks because, you know, hey, it's still time uh, to make some improvements to your roster if you are still alive. Plus, 
we're going to look through a handful of guys that maybe could be league winners sort of coming out of nowhere. And we'll discuss whether or not we think that's going to happen. Kimmy Checks will join us to talk all of that and plenty more. But before we dive into it, we'll talk to our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. And uh, uh, Murph, not a great one for the, the G-Men this week. But you guys are still in the thick of things. It is not over. So even with a, a frustrating loss, uh, there's still reason to be hopeful. Yeah, I mean, the Washington winning last week really stung too, and I knew that was going to bite them uh, And going forward. And now the Eagles go and win, Cowboys win, Washington wins again, Giants lose. A miserable scenario. Um, offense was, was totally lost, and I felt pretty good about this game. But, um, yeah, I mean, you got to love the defensive effort. Uh, the schedule is – pretty difficult uh i feel like i set myself up for failure like i was too excited about the giants and i was like looking forward to the playoff run i'm like thank god no more picking the top 10 i'm gonna enjoy some football meaningful football and uh i've ruined that by speaking it into existence and it's now going to be the opposite and uh they will be picking top 10 and they will be out of the playoffs and uh it'll be a mess again come this offseason it's such a wide variance though for pretty much all the teams in the division either you win the division and you make the playoffs or you are probably looking at a top 10 pick that uh that's a that's a, a weird razor's edge i feel like you you guys are walking right now yeah i mean exactly yeah i mean not that they couldn't use a top 10 pick especially we've seen the right side of that old line that game yesterday was was pretty brutal um or uh, maybe another pass rusher to help um attack guys like these mobile quarterbacks they've been facing with russell wilson or kyler murray actually next week they have baker mayfield to another mobile guy so wouldn't be the worst thing but I, I mean, like I said this a thousand times before. I'm done. I'm just done with the early picks. I just want to <laughs> see really good football in the in the winter months. Um, I'm done with the season being over in October, November. So uh, I, I'm hoping that they could surprise us and get back on track with a, a nice win versus the Browns and hopefully get back in the driver's seat. Well, I would say this. Uh, whatever happens at the end of this year, next year, hopefully Saquon's back healthy. It, Joe Judge ha has shown that that he can build this team and he can rally this team. So regardless of how this year ends, I do feel like there's a very good chance you will be enjoying meaningful football in the winter, probably in the very near future. True. So that's, yeah, that's something to hold on to. So, uh, All right. Uh, let's turn now to our friend Kimmy Checks, who joins us every Monday. And Kimmy, I know on NFL Fantasy Game Day, on Sunday, you were talking about potential strife in the home because uh, you're a Chiefs fan. Your fiance is a Dolphins fan. Uh, your squad ended up victorious, not without a fight, though. Uh, so how are things in the household this morning? You know, it was, it was pretty tense. I think the first quarter was a little bit rough for me. Uh, the, the Chiefs weren't playing the way that they normally play. And my fiance, Jason, was talking all types of smack and telling me all the things that I was going to have to do uh, if they lost, like wearing a Dolphins jersey, picking up after <laughs> the dogs, our two puppies that we have, taking all the trash out all the time. You know, just like the fun, happy things that couples really talk about. Uh, but then my squad, they pulled through. The, the Chiefs were victorious. And uh, things kind of calmed down. And then I got to talk smack. So, you know, we're still we're still kind of easing out the tension. It was a little awkward this morning, but we're working through it. <laughs> Negotiations are ongoing is what it sounds like. So, uh, all right. Now that we've gotten through that, let's turn to some fantasy headlines. And maybe the big story of Sunday was Jalen Hurts getting his first professional start for the Philadelphia Eagles against the New Orleans Saints. And I think people sort of came into this, at least I did, with sort of uh, just a curiosity factor, not I wasn't willing to start Jalen Hurts anywhere. I wanted to take a wait and see because the Saints had been playing so well. And Hurts played pretty well uh, in his, his NFL debut. The Eagles 
uh, from their perspective, most importantly, they end up getting the win. That's the thing that they were most uh, curious about. But uh, Galen Hurts threw the ball fairly effectively. More importantly, he ran the ball incredibly well, which for our fantasy purposes is important. 167 passing yards and a touchdown, 106 rushing yards. Did have a fumble. Uh, but, I mean, Kimmy, what you saw out of Jalen Hurts, 19 points, is it enough to make you feel like he should be in a starting lineup somewhere? I mean, I don't know if I would go that far uh, for the rest of the season, especially with people in the fantasy playoffs. I think there are a lot of other quarterbacks that you could be able to rely on, even other quarterbacks that are still available on the waiver wire, guys like Phillip Rivers, ones that you know are going to consistently deliver. However, you have to give Jalen Hurts his flowers. You and I were talking right before the show started, and you said that the Eagles were really smart about starting Jalen Hurts off on a good note, giving the game script that favored him and would give him you know, some confidence with some short passes and some raw off handoff stuff like that right that was impressive I also think one thing that was impressive is how the team played itself you can tell that there was a renewed sense of energy and in, in cohesion between the entire Philadelphia Eagles offense which obviously led to the huge upset over the New Orleans Saints I think that the rushing upside that Jalen Hurts showed us yesterday both him and Miles Sanders having over a hundred rushing yards this was the very first time that the New Orleans Saints have allowed over 100 rushing yards and over 50 contests, which is incredible. So to have two guys do that, one of them being the quarterback, it can show that if Jalen Hurts is a starter next season, maybe then we consider him being in the starting lineup. The one thing, and you sort of touched on it, it's a thing that I, I heard and read from a lot of people yesterday, was just the confidence level. The fact that Hurts stood there and looked confident, looked like he was comfortable in the pocket. And I think that went a long way toward helping this offense. And I haven't watched every Eagles game, but I've watched enough of them. And what I saw yesterday was an offense that looked functional again. Um, you know, it just it just had been broken with Carson Wentz there behind center. And you know, who knows what happens long term, whether or not Hurts ends up getting the job. Uh, you know, we can get into finances and salary cap and all that kind of stuff that you know may keep Wentz there. But at least for now, there's a reason to be confident. Now next week. They do play the Chiefs, who will have you know a, a full game's worth of tape to watch on him, and you know they will probably scheme differently, especially for an offense that was sort of uh, I won't say simple, but you know stripped down to kind of help Jalen Hurts. And so uh, I think again, I don't know that I would start him. Certainly, if, if I'm in the playoffs and I'm in a season-long league, I'm not going to start him. But I would feel a little bit better about say Miles Sanders uh, in that offense with Jalen Hurts than than I did with with Carson Wentz. Uh, on the other side, though, Kimmy, I mean, Taysom Hill ended up having a pretty good fantasy day when it was all said and done. He had uh, 18, almost 19 fantasy points uh, for Taysom Hill. It wasn't always pretty throughout the course of the game. But, I mean, are we are we feeling better about it? He did get Alvin Kamara more involved. Are we feeling better about it now? I was going to say, yay, Alvin Kamara, he had a touchdown, finally, even though I'm still going to lose the playoffs because Taysom Hill is draining me. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I mean, the Taysom Hill experiment is still there, but like you mentioned earlier, the next game they play is against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I think the Saints and Sean Payton are hoping that Drew Brees could be healthy enough to play and start against the Chiefs because if we know anything, this is going to be a high-scoring back-and-forth matchup against Kansas City, and you really need your quarterback to be able to carry you to a victory. Taysom Hill 
his passing yards were actually there yesterday, right? 28 of 38 passes, 291 yards, two passing touchdowns. He shockingly did not rush for any touchdowns. He allowed Alvin Kamara to get in and score. Uh, but I do think that yesterday's contest showed that there are some holes in that Saints offense. And as good as we want Taysom Hill to be, as good as Sean Payton wants Taysom Hill to be, he is still kind of not a quarterback to me. And I know that sounds mean, and I do think he's been productive, and I'm never going to, to besmirch that. But the Taysom Hill experiment is really going to be tested next week if he's the one who has to suit up against the Chiefs. Well, yeah. I, first, I should correct myself. Uh, Jalen Hurts plays the Cardinals next week, and it's Taysom Hill and the Saints that, that played the Chiefs next week. But I, the thing about Taysom Hill is that Taysom Hill on his own is a nice fantasy option because he runs, because he makes plays. But he's not a guy who is doing much to sort of elevate the guys around him. It was great to see Alvin Kamara get over 20 fantasy points, but he still hasn't hit 100 scrimmage yards in a while. Uh, and it just feels like a struggle to kind of get Kamara into the flow of the offense. Same thing, sort of, you're not seeing necessarily a lot of huge games from their pass catchers, whether it's Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook. Um, they're spreading the ball around. Again, that's great for actual football. It kind of stinks for us who we, we just want one guy or one or two guys to get the ball all the time. Uh, and that one guy who seems to get the ball all the time is Taysom Hill, which if you don't have him, uh, he's not helping you out a whole lot right now. Uh, Derrick Henry is helping out a lot of people right now. And uh, El Tractor Cito went for 215 rushing yards, had a pair of touchdowns in the win against the Jaguars. I started calling him Mr. December because when the playoffs, fantasy playoffs rolled around, uh, he generally is lights out. We haven't had a fantasy MVP discussion in a while, and I'm sure that Derrick Henry is not necessarily top of the list, but Kimmy, is he at least in the conversation after what he's been doing? I mean, he could be a playoff MVP. Absolutely. He has one of the best remaining <laughs> schedules for a running back. They go on and next week they play the Detroit Lions. Then they play the Packers. Then they play the Texans. These teams are all some of the worst teams against fantasy running backs this season. Like you said, Derrick Henry, he's Mr. December. Like this guy knows when fantasy playoffs are and he's like, Hold my beer. Let me show you guys why I am so great and why you always want to draft me in the first round. He's had three 36-plus fantasy point performances this season, double-digit fantasy points in 10 games played, 14 rushing touchdowns in 2020. He is absolutely amazing. And I think uh, though he may not be top of list for a fantasy MVP all season long, especially in this playoff run, Derrick Henry is just that dude. Every year, I always try to come up with a, an alternate name for who could be the number one overall pick. Uh, just because I, I, my fear is that we get to like June or July and everybody's just consensus like, this guy is the one. And we don't, don't have any actual discussion over it. So I am at this moment nominating Derrick Henry to be in the conversation for the number one overall pick. I'm sure Christian McCaffrey will be there. Uh, you know, I don't know, maybe Saquon Barkley will get his name involved in there. But I want Derrick Henry's name to be involved in that conversation, especially if the Titans ever figure out how to throw him the football occasionally. Because if that if he starts catching passes, uh, then what he does totally com compared with or combined with his rushing ability uh, will be completely and totally unfair. Uh, last headline, it was a good week for a couple of rookie running backs. I mean, we talked about Jalen Hurts at the quarterback spot, but Jonathan Taylor had a huge breakout game. Cam Akers going back to Thursday had a huge breakout game. So looking at those two guys there, right? Because we've seen, you know, we've seen a little bit of Clyde Edwards-Alaire at this point. We know what James Robinson can do. But between uh, Jonathan Taylor and Cam Akers, who do you think has the higher, uh, more productive ceiling for the rest of the season? 
I think if I had a look rest of season, I'm probably going to go with JTT, even though I do love Cam Akers and I don't want to tease too much, but I know we're going to talk about him again uh, during waiver wires. But Jonathan Taylor, I think, has the higher upside because of the remaining schedule, right? Next up, they play the Houston Texans. Then they do have a little bit of a tougher matchup against the Steelers, but then they finish with Jacksonville. These are teams where Jonathan Taylor, as long as he is the lead back and has that same involvement that he had yesterday, can go out and continue to put up 20, 30 fantasy points. He carried the ball 20 times for 150 yards, two touchdowns, while also being involved in the passing game, having two catches on two targets for 15 yards. They uh, they had a huge win over the Raiders. Jonathan Taylor, I know we went back and forth on him. We were trying to figure out this lead back situation, but now that it's solidified that it's him, I think rest of season, Jonathan Taylor has the higher upside. I would agree. I also just, I think the the Colts schedule may be a little bit more favorable down the stretch than, than what the Rams have. Uh, I still, you know, I don't know. I still am skeptical of Sean McVay that he's not going to pull a fast one on us. And suddenly, you know, Malcolm Brown one day suddenly gets like 15 carries and we're going to be like, you know, WTF. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, I have a, a better feeling that the running back situation in Indianapolis is down to two guys. I think Jordan Wilkins is sort of out of the mix now. Um, you know, Taylor had the big day yesterday, but even Naheem Hines still had 11, 11 and a half fantasy points. So he's still finding a way to be involved as the pass catcher, which look at this point, if it's just two guys, I'm fine with that. You bring a third guy into the mix. That's when things start to get a little bit wonky. So uh, I'm going to go with you too. I, th I think that, that it's going to be Jonathan Taylor uh, over Cam Akers, but both of them seem like they are set up uh, to be really positive for the rest of the season. So that was good. Let's get to the bat with another round of I'm salty because there are guys that uh, made us a little bit unhappy. The first one is Gio Bernard, who, and this wasn't really Gio's fault, right? This is a guy who literally never fumbles the ball. I think he had like 800 some odd career carries without a fumble. He fumbled yesterday and then couldn't get back on the field for a long time. The matchup was great. The Bengals actually moved the ball against the Cowboys. But Kimmy, I am salty that somehow Gio makes one mistake for the first time in like almost ever and he can't get on the field anymore. Yeah, that's ruthless. Right, he fumbled the ball early in the game, and then he didn't have another reception or a target until the third quarter. Like, that is Salt Bay right there. Gio should be salty for himself uh, and for, for his coaches for pulling him out of the game like that. I understand that the reason he didn't have the production is because he wasn't on the field to have the production. However, he only had four points last week, and then he had three fantasy points this week. He's not been able to put up double-digit fantasy points since week eight. And if you look at who the Cincinnati Bengals play next, they go on to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a tough matchup. So I understand we can be salty now because of that whole fumble situation, and it was me to yank him off the field but I don't know if I'm going to go into next week starting Geo. probably not uh that that part is you know I'm sure folks will have to debate that um you know maybe that's your only option I get it but if I have choices I am probably staying away from Geo against the Steelers but uh, Zach Taylor what gives man I mean everybody makes mistakes like you know give Geo a shot uh <laughs> next on the list is Chris Godwin, who on paper had a great matchup against the Vikings, whose secondary has been torched all year long, and nothing really happened. Chris Godwin had three targets, just two catches for 25 yards. Um, meanwhile, Scotty Miller's catching long touchdown passes. What gives? Why did this happen to me? <laughs> because... The fantasy gods hate you, Marcus. Uh, no, isn't this always the thing? It's like we see the matchup on paper and we tell everyone, start this guy. He's going to have a monster game. 
and then it just doesn't happen. And Scotty Miller gets all the production and gets the touchdown, and Chris Godwin gets nada. Uh, we can be salty, and we can understand that this was not the performance we wanted. Four and a half fantasy points, not what you need to carry you through the fantasy playoffs. However, I do think you can, again, start Chris Godwin next week. Huge bounce-back game and opportunity against the Atlanta Falcons. We understand that that defense is not good against anyone, really not, especially fantasy-wide receivers. So I do think that he'll be able to bounce back. But yeah, this is a salty situation. Chris Godwin, you burn Marcus. You can't be burning my friend, man. Right, man. This is not going to work out. Uh, I have also just tried to stay on the Godwin train. I, I have felt all year like he is maybe or should be the main target uh, in the offense for the, the, the Buccaneers. Although, look, nobody really had a great receiving game. I mean, Mike Evans had a, a team-high 56 yards, and that was just on five targets. So it wasn't as though I guess maybe I'd feel worse if there were like one guy that were loaded up with a whole bunch of targets. If like, you know, Antonio Brown had like 12 targets and, you know, 120 yards or something like that. But I guess really nobody did anything uh, in the passing game for, for Tampa. So uh, maybe we should be salty about all of them. I don't know. Uh, also salty about Tyler Lockett, because as I tweeted yesterday, Russ was making a play for everybody except Tyler Lockett. I mean, like everybody was catching touchdowns. It felt like, but Lockett, Come on, somehow got shut out of the party uh, in the big win over the Jets. To the point that, I mean, at some point, the, the Seahawks pulled Russell Wilson and put Geno Smith in the game. Um, Ten points. I guess I shouldn't really be upset, Kimmy, but it just feels it just feels like a snub because Tyler Lockett was not a guy who caught a touchdown yesterday. I know, and, and this is what we need because we want touchdowns from our pass catchers, especially in the fantasy playoffs where every single point matters. But we have to understand that Tyler Lockett has been consistently good, even if he's not up there doing DK Metcalf-like things with 30-plus fantasy points. He's still seen at least five targets and caught at least three passes in nine straight games and is closing out in his second straight 1,000-plus receiving yard season. We have to give him his flowers and understand that he's doing as much as he can, even if Russell Wilson isn't one of the guys throwing him uh, uh, touchdowns in the end zone. But... To note, next week the Seattle Seahawks go on and play the Washington football team, and their secondary is tough. So I don't know if that means that they're going to try and lock up DK Metcalf more or they're going to split locking down both him and Tyler Lockett. But both of those pass catchers need to be looked at uh, ahead of Week 15. People are going to have some interesting decisions this week because, as you mentioned, it's Washington. So, like, you know, how do you feel about Russ? How do you feel about Lockett? I think I think everybody's starting DK Metcalf uh, at this point. But, yeah, you know, you're really going to have to make some hard choices uh, in Week 15 because of, of who the Seahawks have next on the schedule. All right. Our last our last uh, salt, salt, salting, I don't know. The, the last person that we're, we're, we're salty about is uh, Ezekiel Elliott. And... This is maybe an accumulation, like this is a buildup of salt. This is like a pillar of salt that, that's that's growing here uh, with Zeke. Uh, another frustrating day for him, just 7.9 fantasy points. It has been a while since you have felt like he is an elite level running back. Hasn't had 20 points since week five. Um, I'm just I'm just generally salty, Kimmy, because you're at a point where you almost feel like you have to start him because you might not have any better options, but he's also not giving you much. Like I don't even know what to do with him now. <laughs> 
Right. I, I mean, on NFL Fantasy Game Day on Sunday, we were talking about this Ezekiel Elliott situation going up against the Bengals, and we all asked, are you going to still trust Zeke? And we all, with confidence, said, I mean, yeah, we can be worried about it, but we kind of don't have a better option. However, to only put up eight fantasy points against the Bengals is so incredibly just like, meh. It's, it's weird to me. Uh, another thing that I thought was kind of strange is that he split carries evenly with Tony Pollard, and maybe that had to do with Zeke popping up on the injured list that week and dealing with a calf injury but uh you don't expect this out of a guy that's taken out of the first round you do not um you know there, there are a lot of mitigating circumstances here but it doesn't really you know change the fact that uh zeke was outscored by tony pollard um that doesn't make me feel better about it so uh if you have made it this far with ezekiel elliott congratulations to you because it's been a while since you have gotten uh, requisite production out of him so uh, we'll see if it, if it gets better down the stretch. But as long as you're in the playoffs, you're probably starting Zeke, and you're hoping that uh, somebody else fills in the gaps where he does not step up and perform for you. Okay, today's show is sponsored by DraftKings, a leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. So download the DraftKings app now. Use code TEAM during sign-up and start feeling the sweat like never before. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's time for Performance Ready, presented by... My Castrol Edge checks marks the spot is a thing we do every Monday on the show. We pick three players. Uh, Kimmy tells me how much she believes in them, and then uh, we ask you guys to vote on it. This is week 14. Hopefully you know how this works by now. Uh, <laughs> let's start with Mitchell Trubisky, who had himself a day against the Houston Texans on Sunday. Uh, actually heading into the Monday night games, Mitch Trubisky is your QB4 for the week 267 passing yards three touchdown passes nearly 25 fantasy points and next week the matchup is pretty good for Trubisky against the Minnesota Vikings so is he turning over a new leaf can we count on Mitch Trubisky for the rest of the playoffs did Adam Rank write this segment? You know Rank is like so incredibly <laughs> jazzed after the Bears beat the Texans yesterday. And Mitch went out and had a showing. Now, I will say this is only his second 20-plus fantasy point game this season. However, this is his third straight game with 240-plus passing yards and at least one passing touchdown and 13-plus fantasy points. I know we like to muddy the waters uh, of the of the situation there in Chicago and talk crap on Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles and say their QB situation is not good but like you mentioned they have such a good matchup next week against the minnesota vikings and then in week 16 go ahead uh, and take on the jacksonville jaguars and then finish with the packers so if you look at the remaining schedule it's not so bad for big mitch so i don't know i may i may take a flyer on this one it really is the thing where you know i i would wouldn't be surprised if you see him certainly in some dfs lineups but i wouldn't be surprised if i get a, a question or two about hey, so should I stream Mitch? Like, it, it really wouldn't surprise me. The other part of it is, you look at the, the better games he has had this season, it is when he's willing to run the football a little bit more. You mentioned the 20-point the game he had in week one. He had 26 rushing yards. He had 23 rushing yards on Sunday. I know those don't sound like huge numbers, but a couple years ago when Mitch was, you know, knocking on the door of being a viable fantasy quarterback, he was running a little bit more often. And you wonder if they start to integrate that into his game, uh, whether or not he's going to be a little bit more of a productive fantasy quarterback. 
So uh, next up is Drew Locke for the Denver Broncos. And Locke has been very much up and down, but uh, he is just one spot ahead of Trubisky as we speak right now with what he did on Sunday. Four touchdown passes, 280 passing yards, 25.6 fantasy points. Next week, a matchup with the Buffalo Bills, who've been known to give up some yards and points to quarterbacks. Uh, how are we feeling about Drew Locke this Monday morning? You know, again, you got to give people the credit where it's due. And Drew Locke did play incredibly good football yesterday. Four passing touchdowns is insane. You saw him getting Tim Patrick involved. Tim Patrick quietly uh, being a really good pass catcher for the Broncos and a guy who I think will kind of boost up on fantasy boards next season. But like you said, they go on and they play the Buffalo Bills next, even though they are giving up uh, plenty of points to quarterbacks. I do think that's a very tough and intimidating matchup for, for Drew Locke. But then they went and face on the Chargers and the Raiders. Two divisional games where I think he does have an opportunity that if you were in a, a daily league and you wanted to maybe start him in dailies, I wouldn't really be mad at it. I, yeah, I don't know that I'm starting him in a season-long league. I'm not starting him in the playoffs. What was good about Locke yesterday was that he didn't throw an interception. It was the first time he had played, you know, started and completed a game without throwing an interception since week one. Uh, other than that, he had been on a crazy interception streak. It was part of the reason that I suggested the Panthers as a streaming defense this week. Uh, that didn't work out quite so much because uh, Locke protected the football. Uh, but I also don't know that I believe that streak is going to continue. So that would kind of make me a little bit nervous about starting him next week against the Bills, especially the Bills who did a pretty good job uh, against Ben Roethlisberger on Sunday night. Uh, the last one. And we sort of touched on it earlier. It's Miles Sanders, who went over 100 yards against the Saints, had a long, an 82-yard touchdown run that really kind of kick-started everything for him in that ball game. We had been frustrated, Kimmy, because he hadn't been getting the ball. He hadn't been producing quite as much. But is what we saw yesterday the beginning of something good for him? I think you tweeted it, didn't you say? You were like, oh, so I guess Carson Wentz also made Miles Sanders <laughs> bad. And now that Jalen Hurts is a quarterback, Miles Sanders is back, baby. Uh, like you said, he had an 82-yard uh, rushing touchdown, which really sparked off his incredible performance. He exploded for 115 yards, two touchdowns, also having uh, four receptions for 21 yards, finishing with almost 30 fantasy points and that huge win over the Saints. On fantasy game day, I said that Miles Sanders was a fantasy villain and that he was going to ruin and soil the playoffs for you because his fantasy points were decreasing in every game over the last three weeks, and we hadn't really seen that production. Now you have to wonder, is what we saw yesterday what we're going to see for the remainder of the season for Miles Sanders? They go on, they play the Arizona Cardinals this week, then they play the Dallas Cowboys, and then finish with the Washington football team, the Cowboys, the best out of all of those matchups because they're seventh worst against fantasy running backs. I, 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 I talk smack on you, Miles Sanders, and you came through and delivered. So I got, I got to retract my words and say sorry. But the only point that I will make is I don't think that we can go out and expect an 82-yard rushing touchdown every single week. And that's where we saw a lot of his fantasy points. So I would temper expectation. But out of all three guys on the list, I feel like I most believe in Miles Sanders from here on out. What I think is, is encouraging about what happened with Sanders yesterday and what, when first, wait, you're telling me I can't count on an 82-yard rushing touchdown every single week? Like, what? Darn. what is this? <laughs> what sort of madness is that? 
Um, but what I what I did like about what the Eagles did yesterday was, you know, on top of sort of trying to make things easier for Jalen Hurts, they also really made it a point to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers as quickly as possible out in space. And so that included Miles Sanders with a lot of, you know, swing passes, you know, just dump offs, a lot of the RPOs. Um, but they also did it with Jalen Rager as well. Just tried to get him out there with the ball in his hands and let him use his speed. So hopefully that can kind of continue. We'll see what sort of counter punches the Cardinals have next week. Um, but I, I do think that maybe this is something to kind of get Sanders going again. And maybe it's not 100 rushing yards uh, and a couple of touchdowns every single week. But uh, just something that gets him closer back to where he was at the start of the year. Also, part of that is Doug Peterson. Thanks for giving him more than like six touches in a game for the first time in what seems like forever. That goes a long way toward helping as well. All right. If you have a thought, when I'm sure you do, because it is the internet, uh, on which one of these guys seems to be the most sustainable for the remainder of the season, you can go vote at Kimmy's Twitter page, at Kimmy Checks, uh, and let your voice be heard digitally uh, over which one of these guys you think has some staying power for the rest of the season. That's was Performance Ready, presented by Castrol Edge. The waiver wire options maybe aren't as great this time of year, but there might still be somebody out there that can help you as we continue on through the playoff journey. Let's look at some quarterbacks here. Phillip Rivers, uh, who's been staying hot. We talked about Mitchell Trubisky and Drew Locke. Those guys are both out there. Some running backs, a lot of running back names worthy. Cam Akers still available in about 50% of NFL.com leagues. Adrian Peterson is still out there, maybe just sort of as a hedge, uh, as he looks like he's still splitting some time with DeAndre Swift. With Jeff Wilson, who started taking some snaps there in San Francisco. J.D. McKissick, maybe not in a ton of leagues, but it's worth taking a look just in case Antonio Gibson is still out, just to keep an eye to see if McKissick is available. At wide receiver, Kiki QT, Tim Patrick, Gabriel Davis starting to get some more targets there in Buffalo. Kendrick Bourne, a name to keep in mind, depending on the severity of the injury to Debo Samuel. That means Bourne could get on the field and get some more opportunities. Tied in, incredibly thin, but Cole Komet starting to get some love there in Chicago. I know Jimmy Graham had the touchdown, but Komet is getting more targets, so he should be uh, on your radar there. And a couple of defenses, the Browns, who uh, Adam Rank and I have sort of been touting for weeks. It's at least good to pick them up and stash them. I know uh, they have a big game against the Ravens tonight, but the, the next two weeks are good matchups. This is the Cowboys. Uh, who have some good matchups coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. So I uh, want to talk first, though, about Kiki QT, Kimmy, because uh, I know you were big on him this past week. I thought he had some good opportunities coming. It didn't really work out, but uh, I still think there's there's some good things potentially coming for QT the rest of the year. Hold on the faith, Marcus. It's okay. He didn't have that huge performance that he had back in week 13. Uh, he only managed to put up almost 10 fantasy points yesterday against the Chicago Bears. But the reality is, is that he's still one of the only main pass catching receiving options for the Houston Texans. And he is going to be needed so much next week when they face the Indianapolis Colts. He was, man he was able to manage uh, a touchdown and get into the end zone. So I still have faith in Kiki QT. And he's still a guy that I think if he's available on the waiver wire and you really need some help and some depth at the wide receiver position for the playoff push he could be your dude i still think he's going to be that dude and i know that deshaun watson was talking him up earlier in the week it, it might be a situation where hopefully if brandon cooks comes back that helps because uh houston really was shorthanded in, in terms of pass catchers uh you know the the image of Jordan Aikens just clanking an easy touchdown right off his chest still stays with me. Uh, it kept me <laughs> up at night because it was, man, it was bad. But uh, yeah, it, it, 
QT is a good player. I think, though, he does need a little bit of help. So if Brandon Cooks is able to come back, I still feel okay about him, and I think he should probably be on rosters uh, for the next couple of weeks. You mentioned Tim Patrick a little bit earlier when we were talking about Drew Locke, and he very quietly is having a pretty nice back half of the year on a team that, you know, they lost Cortland Sutton. Uh, Jerry Judy hasn't quite panned out in his first year the way some of the other rookie receivers have. But in the meantime, Kimmy, Tim Patrick has stepped in there and I think done a pretty good job for the most part of picking up the slack for uh, the Bronco passing game. Oh, 100%. And especially yesterday, Noah Fanth or tight end, he was not playing. So you really did see Tim Patrick step up and have those incredible connections with Drew Locke that we mentioned earlier. 36 receiving yards, a touchdown, almost 13 fantasy points. This is back-to-back weeks with a touchdown. He scored double-digit fantasy points in five of the last six games. One of those games was when the practice squad uh, receiver was in as a starting quarterback for the team. So that was the only time that he didn't have double-digit fantasy points. But like you said, he really has put together a nice little uh, last half of this fantasy season and could be moving up fantasy boards as we start to look ahead to 2021. I do hope for his sake that, you know, obviously he doesn't, I don't think he's losing sleep on where he is picked in fantasy drafts, but I do think he should get some more respect uh, based on what he's done this year. And even going back to last year, because when the Broncos had injuries late last season, Tim Patrick stepped in and made plays. And then what happened this year is you know, everybody was excited about Cortland Sutton. And then uh, the Broncos went out and they drafted Jerry Judy and they drafted KJ Hamler. And we stopped talking about Tim Patrick. And uh, Hamler's had some nice weeks. Judy has had you know one really big week. Sutton will presumably be back and healthy next year. But I think Tim Patrick has done enough in the last year and a half uh, to warrant getting some looks in fantasy draft. I mean, he won't be a high draft pick. I'm not pretending otherwise. But uh, he should be drafted because I think he has done enough to, to warrant that opportunity uh, for the Broncos and for your fantasy squads as well. All right, so the question I always ask at this point, though, if you have the top waiver priority in your league, where are you going with it? Number one spot, I'm doubling down. I think I said this last week. I'm going to say it again now. Cam Akers, like you mentioned, he's still available in almost 50% of NFL.com leagues. On that Thursday night football game, him and the Rams had quite the game. They shined in primetime. Career best 29 rushes for 171 yards and 21 fantasy points. He truly has become this lead back. I know we joked and said Sean McVay is probably going to give Malcolm Brown the ball now and then completely confuse all of us. But for now, Cam Akers is that dude. If I'm not able to get him, I again am going to double down on Kiki QT for my pass catching option. I, I'm, I'm going with Akers as well. I mean, one, I, I say this all the time. I feel like you can't have enough depth at running back, especially this time of year. And it's three straight weeks for him with 84 or more scrimmage yards. Uh, last week, the only thing he didn't do was score a touchdown, but he did enough in so many other areas that it got him 21 points. So I am I am all in that, that, can't, that uh, Sean McVay is leaning on Cam Akers. I know that's when we start to get burned, but whatever. I'll take that chance and I will uh, I will run with it, pun intended. Uh, so there you go. So good luck, happy hunting on the waiver wire for those of you who are still involved in your playoffs heading into week 15. Have a say in this year's Pro Bowl vote presented by Verizon. The Pro Bowl may look different this year, but the best players will still be recognized. Show your love, cast your vote, and make sure your favorite players still earn their place on the 2021 Pro Bowl roster. Vote today nfl.com slash pro bowl vote so we don't have a fantasy pro bowl in fact i guess fantasy is sort of like the pro bowl or the pro bowl sort of like fantasy i don't know <laughs> either way 
we're putting together the dream teams that we can. And now there's some guys that maybe at the start of the year we might have discounted, ignored altogether, who are shaping up to potentially help you really win some championships. So we'll talk about guys that are potentially league winners, or maybe they're not. Maybe we're just sort of blowing smoke here. The first one, though, is David Montgomery, who has been really great for the last three weeks. The next two weeks, Kimmy has a, a pretty favorable schedule with the Vikings and the Jaguars. Could it be that David Montgomery is going to be on a few championship rosters this year? I think he could be. Like you mentioned, <laughs> such good matchups against Minnesota, Jacksonville, and then finishing with the Green Bay Packers. All of those teams are incredibly susceptible to the run game and have allowed a ton of points to fantasy running backs. Now, he's had 70 yards, two 100-yard rushes in the last three weeks with 24-plus fantasy points. This is a guy that if you're in the fantasy playoffs and you have a running back or any player that scores over like 20 fantasy points, you should yell and scream and stomp and cheer because that is exactly what you need to secure a fantasy championship. And I do have a feeling that David Montgomery could be a guy helping coast people into a championship win. I am I'm on board. And I, I guess I'm excited about this because last year I was a big David Montgomery fan and it just didn't really work out. He was just kind of meh last year. So this year I felt like, you know, I was burned. So I felt like maybe he was a little bit closer to his ceiling than I thought. And, and I was just, I just kind of had shied away from him in a lot of drafts, but he really has picked things up, especially since the injury to uh, Tariq Cohen. He's starting to get more opportunities, starting to get more targets and do a lot more on, on in both phases of the offense. Uh, and then the schedule just works out so well for him that uh, I'm back on board. I'm back to where I was at the start of last season, but I'm starting to buy into David Montgomery again. So, uh, yay for that. I do think I do think, though, that folks who have him, if you're still in the playoffs, um, yeah, he's going to carry you a long way. And for those of you who are in the consolation bracket, well, he'll help you get through that as well, too. <laughs> It works both ways. Um, similarly, T.Y. Hilton, and uh, we've talked about the Colts. We've talked about their passing game and how, you know, sometime in, in September, October, I had just kind of said, you know what? I think I'm done with them. I'm not I'm not going near it. Uh, T.Y. Hilton had been dropped off a ton of rosters, understandably. But three weeks in a row for T.Y. Hilton, he's put together some really nice performances. The schedule, not terrible down the stretch. Uh, you know, Eugene Marquis Hilton uh, could be could be that guy to kind of get you over the hump, huh? I mean, if you if you have not dropped T.Y. Hilton, then you should be very happy that he can get you over the hump. Like you said, a lot of us just completely lost face because faith, excuse me, because his production wasn't there. He really wasn't delivering, but he's coming off of a two-score game over 25 fantasy points uh, versus the Las Vegas Raiders. This is his third straight week leading the team and receiving yardage, also having four touchdowns in that three-week span. If you need T.Y. Hilton moving forward, like you said, there's a decent matchup schedule. Maybe he could be the dude who's the sneaky one that leads you to a fantasy championship if you didn't drop him. <laughs> if you didn't drop him or if he is available in your league, go, go check the waiver wire. I mean, you know, chances are he might be picked up, but it's always worth a shot, right? Because if he's out there, uh, there's a very good chance he really could step in there and be productive for you. Uh, look, I, again, I didn't think we'd be saying this after September. But here we are in December and things have changed. Just a reminder, too, that, that it is a long fantasy season and things that we believe in uh, in September don't always turn out to be true in December. Uh, all right. Last one. Uh, 
All right, there we go. Uh, Mike Gesicki, my rundown got stuck. Uh, Mike <laughs> Gesicki, uh, who, again, I was big on at the start of the year and then middle of the season, he just was kind of letting people down. But he scored a touchdown in three straight games. I'm still hesitant, Kimmy. I'm still, I'm still a little bit nervous. But you know, can you tell me a story where Mike Gesicki ends up as a league winner? You Okay, ready, Marcus? Once upon okay. a time, there was a tight end named Mike Gesicki. His starting quarterback <laughs> was Tua. Tua likes his tight ends. There you go. That, that's the story. That's all you need. Uh, like you said, he's had four touchdowns over the last three weeks. Back-to-back 23-plus fantasy point games. Three games in a row with over 11 fantasy points. We talk on the show every single week about the tight end situation, right? Tight ends are not so hot this season, unless you have Travis Kelsey. I mean, Darren Waller's kind of up there too, but honestly, unless you have Travis Kelsey, uh, your tight end situation has been a little bit of a head scratcher and really annoying and confusing. Mike Gusecki could be the tight end to help people uh, get into the fantasy playoffs and hopefully secure a fantasy championship. So I know you want to be scared, Marcus, but Mike Gusecki has been delivering, and Tua clearly likes to throw him the ball. I think he has way bigger of a higher upside uh, over guys like Devontae Parker on the Miami Dolphins. So even though you're scared, maybe you got to rock with Mike. That was the thing uh, that I noticed yesterday, that it does seem like Tua is good for Mike Gusecki. Uh, and, and, you know, I used to believe that you know, tight ends and young quarterbacks kind of went together like chicken and waffles. I think statistically that has proven to not necessarily be true. But in this case, I think it is. I think I think Tua Tango-Vailoa uh, uh, has really kind of you know, formed a, a rapport with Mike Gesicki. Seems to be throwing him the ball, especially down near the end zone. Uh, Gesicki with two touchdowns yesterday. And in a world where, as I always say, we are thirsty for tight end production, uh, maybe this is one to sort of, maybe this is a thirst trap worth getting caught in uh, with, with this Mike Gesicki thing. So maybe uh, I, I will say that I'm still skeptical because I don't want to get my heart broken, but uh, I'm willing to, I'm willing to jump in and take the shot with, uh, with Mike Gesicki well, for one, the rest of the year. One other thing, I mean, that we do have to be mindful of is that at the end of the game uh, during the fourth quarter, he did sustain a shoulder injury. It's Monday. Yes. We're still awaiting all the results from the MRI, excuse me. So obviously keep an eye on that. But if he is healthy, I do think he could be a go uh, for the remainder of the season. Yeah, good, good point there as well. Uh, by the way, the NFL playoffs are nearby. The fantasy playoffs are pretty much here. So... Be sure to grab the only fantasy football trophy, the official fantasy football trophy of the NFL for your league. See, it's this one. This one. You can go to NFL.com slash fantasy trophy and get one of these handsome things here. It's it's beautiful. We both as we both do our our you know prices right hand model thing here with these. Uh it's big. It's uh fairly hefty too. I know, uh, this is know, like this legit. Is yeah, this is not some little. I didn't know. Like, you know, they 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 shipped these things to us, uh, asking us to display them in our backgrounds. And when I picked up the box, I'm like, oh, this is, this is like a thing. You're like, oh, this is <laughs> legit. This is like a real trophy. This is not some like little cheap plastic thing. This is is legitimate there. So uh, yeah, go check it out. NFL.com/slash/fantasy-trophy, and you can get the official fantasy football trophy of the National Football League. You've heard me say this before, but you should be downloading the NFL Fantasy app if you haven't already. I mean, aside from being able to play NFL Fantasy football on it, 
you can watch live local games on it, including tonight's Monday night matchup between the Ravens and the Browns. It's fantastic wherever you go. If you are, uh, I don't know, waiting in the mail room, uh, I was going to say if you're standing in line somewhere, but that doesn't happen anymore nowadays. So, uh, <laughs> But if you are somewhere where you're not near a television and you want to keep up with what's going on in the Monday night football game or Thursday night football or Sunday night football or any just of the local games in your area, uh, you can do that with the NFL Fantasy app. So go check it out speaking of the ravens and the browns huge game uh for both the division for the nfl for the afc playoffs all of that uh the ravens kind of on the outside looking in needing some help and so they've got to start with a win tonight against a good browns team uh, but we're just here for the fantasy points and so let's start with lamar jackson Higher or lower, we're going to get our Cynthia Freeland on here. Higher or lower than 18 fantasy points for Lamar Jackson tonight? Give me higher for Lamar Jackson. I think we are starting to see the vintage Lamar Jackson that we saw last season, that MVP run that we wanted, especially that rushing upside. He's coming off an almost 100-yard rusher against the Cowboys in Week 13. Now the Browns are allowing the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. So I could see Lamar Jackson putting up 23, 25 fantasy points tonight uh, and being vintage MVP. Well, I will say higher. I'm not going to say a lot higher. I think I've got him at like 19, so that's more than 18. Uh, but uh, he's had 45 or more rushing yards in every game but one, which means you essentially are starting the game with four and a half points with Lamar Jackson. And, and you know the, the Browns giving up uh, just about 19 and a half fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. Lamar has been actually pretty good when you talk about overall quarterbacks and points per game. So I know that people are frustrated because he's not giving you what you thought based on where you drafted him, but that's more on you than it is on Lamar. Uh, so I'm going to say just slightly more than 18 fantasy points for him. Uh, all right, so let's go to the Ravens' backfield, which has been kind of a headache for most of us most of the year. If you were going to pick one guy to have the bigger day, out of that triumvirate of, say, Dobbins, Edwards, and Ingram, who would it be? My dogs are confused, too. They're like, I I'm confused by this backfield <laughs> situation as well. Uh, that's why they're barking. Uh, it's always a toss-up, I think, for me between J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. I think Mark Ingram has completely kind of faded from, from fantasy relevance this season. Still an incredible fantasy running back, but just not for my squad. Uh, if I had to try to pinpoint which guy's going to ball out, I think it's kind of a coin flip. Uh, but I'm going to rock with J.K. Dobbins on this one. He's coming off almost uh, 75 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown against the Cowboys in Week 13. So why not chalk it up? the Dobbins so I'm gonna go the Gus Edwards route I'm gonna jump on the Gus bus because I feel like he's been very effective when he gets the ball maybe not getting as many touches as JK Dobbins lately but it seems like he is quick to break a big run when he does have the chance and I do feel like if Gus Edwards were on any number of other teams he would probably get more opportunity than he does in this crowded backfield so that that's sort of unfortunate for him but I do think there's a situation where he uh, he does perform well tonight. But I also think it stands to your point that neither one of us is taking uh, Mark Ingram. So that suggests that that maybe he is the third wheel uh, in that backfield for, for Baltimore. So the the situation in Cleveland is not quite as confusing. We know it's either Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. Which one of those two guys, though, do you think is going to have the bigger day? 
again, it's kind of a coin flip, but I like Nick Chubb in this game against the Ravens. I think both of these guys have an opportunity to put up some fantasy points. They're both incredible running backs. You know that when both of them are in the lineup, they actually play even better than they do uh, when they're just riding solo. Uh, like you see, 100-plus scrimmage yards in six of the last seven games for Nick Chubb. I think he has a massive opportunity tonight against the Ravens, and they're really going to need to run the ball and use the ground if they want to stay relevant uh, and, and try to win this football game. So Nick Chubb for me. I'm going to Chubb also because I think both of these teams are going to want to run the football. Like I, I yeah, look, I, I think we're going to see Lamar throw it. We're going to see Baker throw it, but not maybe as much as they would in other situations. Plus, Nick Chubb has been just a monster in terms of touches. Six straight games with 19 or more touches. Obviously, he missed some time in the middle of the season with an injury. But when he's been on the field, he's getting the ball in his hands a lot. Uh, and the Ravens, for the last month or so, have been just sort of middle of the road when it comes to stopping fantasy running backs. So uh, I do think that Nick Chubb is probably set up for a little bit of a bigger game tonight. All right, uh, last thing here. Let's go back to the higher-lower uh, bit, right? 11 points for Jarvis Landry, higher or lower? Cynthia Freeland hat back on. Boom. I am going to say lower for Jarvis Landry. I know that he's been balling out as of late, back-to-back -back games with 20-plus fantasy points and a receiving touchdown, but the matchup's a little bit tougher, uh, clearly against the Baltimore Ravens. Love Jarvis Landry. So happy that he's been balling out, but I do think it's going to be lower. I think it's going to be lower as well. I would put him around maybe nine points or so. Again, because I think uh, both these teams are going to run the football, so there's not going to be quite as many opportunities for Landry to catch passes. Uh, the fact that it's PPR will kind of get him, I think, closer to that nine, but I don't expect a lot of yards. And, uh, you know, if he gets a touchdown, I think you look at that as a bonus. And uh, that's pretty much that with that. So uh, should be fun, though. Should be a really interesting game. Definitely one uh, you should be tuned in for. And, again, if you can't do it, Get the NFL Fantasy app. Watch it on your phone, wherever you might be. That's not necessarily near a television set. Uh, so there it is. Uh, how are you doing in, the, in your fantasy playoffs, Kimmy? Are you? Uh, will you survive in advance? We don't need to talk about it. It's like we can. It's okay. We don't need to talk about it at all. <laughs> uh, I think I need like forty-five fantasy points tonight uh, from the kicker for the Browns. So yeah, things things are going really well for me. <laughs> Could be better. Could be better. Yeah, I haven't even, that's funny because I haven't even checked all of my matchups yet. Oh, no, it's next year, right? I haven't checked all of my matchups yet. I feel like it's probably going to be kind of a mixed bag. Uh, I'll kind of sort that out by the time the night is over. We'll figure it out. In the meantime, for us, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, every Scooby-Doo episode would be way shorter if the game just started at the local costume shop. Be safe, take care of yourselves, wear a mask, and we will see you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.